0: Well, this seems to be this seems to be working. There's a bit of silence uh, that's coming through. I can see all of you in chat. Can you hear me? I'm going to shout hello at you. Uh, I'm also going to press this button here. God crikey, I've not done not done a, a lonesome rail natter in what feels like an eternity. Hmm, just a nice sip of tea there. How are you all doing? You're well. Uh, marvelous. Uh, lots of people are worrying that this is going to be a depressing episode. No, we're going to push through that, I'm sure. Well, maybe it'll be a bit depressing. The latency looks pretty good on this, actually. I've gone back to the default primary YouTube Ingest server, which seems to be working quite nicely. Hello, everyone, hello! It's seven o'clock, which can only mean that it's time for Rail Matter. Um, hi! (laughs) Let's go, wait a minute, let's go big face. Oh, oh, crikey. let me just do that. Oh, and this... Oh, that's better. Ah, oh, there we go. That's nice. Ish. My jerry-rigged IKEA lights are, are there, um, professional as ever. Um, how how are you all? You're well. Tell me. Uh, yes. Uh, this is it. I am I'm, I'm on time. I'm scheduled. The stream worked. I've not broken the technology. I've not broken the link. Uh, we're gonna go back to so the next couple of episodes. I'll obviously spoilers for the end when I tell you what's happening next week. We're going to be back to going back to rail matter basics, which is a much more. Uh, uh, people are already placing bets on how long the episode is going to be. No, it's going to be an hour, and um, it's going to be a much more interactive episode. I'm going to pay lots of attention to the chat. Um, always love the chat. Chat. The chat is what makes rail matter a thing, um, and it's it's always nice to see it happening. My my head is very red. Uh, my face is is blotchy and dismal, but that's because I haven't had any vitamin D for a very long time. Um, I'm going to have a nice sip from uh, my tea. Ah. So, right, let's get cracking, shall we? Um, remember to at me in the chat uh, if you want me to spot what you're telling me, but um, without further ado, let's um, let's press on. So, we must start with the news. What is the news? Well, um, uh, oh, well uh, uh, nope, no, that's fine. No. Harris, no. That's not the news. Um Amtrak Joe has survived. He didn't uh he didn't pass out from a coronary from the excitement. He is in fact now the president of the US. Um hooray! Amtrak Joe is here. So there he is, getting out of a train which has uh as you can see has very good level boarding, not anyway, uh Amtrak. Uh if you want to hear find out more about uh American railroads then I can only recommend uh to go and Listen to the US Railroad's A Good Actually episode from, uh, from over the Christmas period. In any case, um, that's, so that's good. That's a positive thing. Hooray, we can be happy about
1: that. So a small piece of happy news to start the day. I'm on the west coast of Scotland. Travelling from the Isle of Bute to Weems Bay Station.
0: You're getting a clip, everyone.
1: A grand Edwardian building with sweeping curves made of glass, iron and steel. What I love is that it doubles as a ferry terminal for the service to the island, and has done for over 150 years. This is the second station they built here, a bigger and better structure to accommodate the booming tourist trade. And it wasn't just a new station they built, but also a new shoreline. No longer would passengers have to stagger through the wind with their luggage from the train to catch a ferry. The land was extended outwards into the sea and an elegant covered walkway to the boats was built on a new pier. I've just got off the ferry and I've walked up this (laughs) gentle, sinuous curve of a walkway up to this semi-circular space. It really draws you up, it really does. It's the, the atrium where the booking office is as well. And the little waiting rooms and the cafes and the bar to one side. That light, it pulls you right up. But what is so striking about the space is the shape, it's the curves. All the ironwork is curved too. And there are no corners in this building, really. And that's because this building was designed to allow people to go through it quickly and smoothly, with no friction, from there down the ferry, up to the quayside and onto the trains with no problem whatsoever.
0: That's it. Tim is back. I thought I'd just share a clip because it was so nice. I thought we could relive it. For any of you who haven't watched it, I'd strongly recommend going and watching it um, on catch-up. Um, yes, it's exciting. W- uh, watch Tim. What else is on the news? Uh, ah, the cargo tram stops. Yeah, the cargo tram has um, has indeed uh, ceased to be... This is in Dresden. Uh, it carried car parts for VW, I think. Um, and, and essentially, the... the, the the case for its existence it doesn't really you basically the the, the logistics has changed and it doesn't really have a purpose and the the cars are, the vehicles are getting a bit old as well it might see a, a reinvention but um yeah it's not uh it's it's it stopped there are still a couple of other logistical you know kind of cargo trams around but um yeah it's not necessarily that they're a b- overall a bad idea it's just that generally when you have it certainly in, in you know um in sort of busier cities. Uh, tram you know light rail systems tram systems and you know, medium capacity systems are generally pushing uh maximum usage of the of the tracks so there's not really space to fit freight in amongst it so um, there is a potential to use, uh, if you've got kind of reliable or sort of regular, say, like municipal, like, like I don't know, rubbish collection and stuff, that potentially can work. But I, I don't know, mixed bag. So maybe there's a, we definitely need to have a rail matter on uh, urban logistics because it's it's actually very interesting. Uh, Nicole Badstuber was brilliant on it, but she's moved to the other side of the, the planet because um, uh, Britain's fash. So it's quite reasonable that she ran off uh, escaping to to Melbourne, possibly, I think, actually. Uh, in any case, I still want to get Nicole on because she's brilliant. Uh, so that stopped. Next. Oh, yeah. Blackstone Group have been putting their new brand to work. Uh, they bought Oatly, or rather largely bought Oatly. Um, and uh, they decided to publish a piece. Sorry for that dramatic pause. They decided to publish or rather not published but but payroll a piece a hit piece on HS2 or rather like a sort of soppy uh look at us very uh comfortably well-off middle class protesters with our hilariously stereotypical attributes um it was rubbish absolute dog's, dog's mess of an article and paid by oatley uh, went into guardian labs it was awful. And uh, and I have to say, it's, it I'd, I'd sort of half given up on Oatly when they got bought up by Blackstone. Oatly's chocolate milk is one of the finest things human, uh, humanity has created. But um, no more. I shall have to give that up as a brand. Pretty disappointed at um, uh, Oatly. Uh, so, yeah, stuff that. If they're wanting to, as a company that advocates and purports to advocate for sustainability, the idea of them opposing railways is pretty doolally to me. So, uh, nice work. If you want to understand why that... I mean, it probably isn't some dark blackstone group uh, imperative it's probably just that they're pr people who are uh, gullible idiots but uh do do give blackstone group a bit of a google if you want to see what sort of road logistics companies they have uh, major stake in in the uk in any case Consumer uh what's next
1: cities couldn't cope with growth
0: oh god yeah okay who has heard of the 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 is it what is it the line is it the line? The this thing I've put the volume design. down on this so you can kinda of hear me over the top. Hopefully I don't know what the sound balance cars? is like. But um this is like this what is rubbish. It's I am gonna turn it down a little bit actually. Um really is absolute rubbish. Oh yeah, pause it when I what touch it. Absolute rubbish. I uh, I just public space. I don't know. What they've done here is invent ribbon towns but but like worse and it's potentially even more environmentally nonsensical. Five minute walk I, it's just do they know how? I don't think they know how utilities work. Like putting everything onto one single core is a fantastic way to just utterly knacker it in terms of congestion. I'm not just talking about transport logistics, but also um, you know, like things like plumbing and I don't know broadband. You know, your fibre optic. How's fibre optic going to work in one long line? How are you going to have the bandwidth on a single? Ah, oh, it's just do lolly. It's absolutely do um,
1: Protecting the Earth's most
0: yeah, wait, wait wait. we're going up. Let's, what, let's put this back up. To, where, where did I put it? It was up full, wasn't it? Um,
1: while creating unmatched oh, just, just
0: very, I st- A
1: home to all of us.
0: And obviously it has a glossy Welcome video. To There's to a big the line. line. Welcome to the line. Water. load Damn. of nonsense. Uh, yeah, just, just nonsense, I have to say. Um, ethically interesting. Um, uh, there's some good recommendations on Oatly uh, alternatives going on in the chat, by the way. Uh, what was the one that someone shared that looked really good? Uh, oh, anyway, what was, there there are a few, uh, know, there are loads. I think Little have their own brand oat drinks. So it's, so uh, right at the point where Oatly are, are, are getting pushed out, of or a market that's getting saturated, it's a bad move for Oatly to start doing stupid things like, I don't know, being largely owned by an evil corporation. Um uh, right, anyway, so that's that. Some dudes have invented ribbon towns, but worse. What else is in the news? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Elon Musk has self-owned again. Uh, so he tweeted... Who is he tweeting? He was tweeting the city of Miami and possibly the mayor. Um, uh, cars and trucks stuck in traffic generate megatons of toxic gases and particulates. Correct, yes. But boring company road tunnels under Miami would, and, uh, to use Elon's favorite two-word phrase, solve traffic. And be an example to the world. Obviously, that's complete bollocks. Um, and he's talking about tunnels, governors, mayor, want done, we'll do it. Just a load of rubbish. Um, so the idea this is funny, primarily, it, what was great was seeing all of the many disciplines diving in and, and dragging uh, Musky over this. Uh, not least the geologists who just all soiled themselves simultaneously in laughter. But but fundamentally, the whole idea of, of, of Elon Musk just having no idea what induced demand is continues to be hilarious. Anyway. So uh, that's good fun. Um, oh, yeah. As a result of this, weirdly, immediately afterwards, because he he got really badly dragged on this, like, honestly, it was all, um, like, he definitely got ratioed on it, which I, I'm not used to seeing Elon Musk getting ratioed. I'm used to him just getting, like, this blitz of, of bot likes. But maybe actually after the QAnon purge, maybe that's uh, reduced his numbers a bit. In any case, there were more, like, quote tweets... And uh, replies just absolutely shredding him on this, and there were likes, which was quite pleasing. Um, in any case, so after this, Tesla have uh, advertised the, the the return to PR for Tesla. Tesla Energy Support Specialists handle a variety of customer issues while delivering on world class customer service. The role of a specialist is to resolve or escalate complaints through appropriate channels, and uh, uh, this is the, this is the funny bit: address social media escalations directed at the CEO with critical thinking. So what they mean is they need to employ someone to, to respond. Basically, they need to employ someone to respond to the nonsense that, that Elon Musk tweets out and then the replies to it. So um, anyway, it's all good fun. Uh, right. Uh, Matt, what what, what are you on about Pip? Uh, I'm going to continue. Ah, ex- other exciting things happening. Uh, the Warrington dig, the, the dive under continues. Uh, it's happening as we speak, in fact. Um, so the uh, basically, this is a... a, a a great separation of a pretty major junction. I've tweeted a lot about it, so you might have uh, kind of kept on top of it. So that's, uh, that's that's uh, yeah, worth worth going and having a look. I've got diagrams and things. If you search my name and Warrington on Twitter, it'll, it'll turn up pretty quickly. Uh, but yeah, so th- you can just search Warrington, dive under, and you get all the information. But it's an absolutely fantastic bit of engineering. There's some really nice footage going up. David Horn did a good little thread talking about the collaboration it takes, not just with the engineers, but also the train operators kind of running a passenger service around it. Um, obviously, it's made it easier by covid and uh, of, you know reducing the number of people who are disrupted but um, it's still you know there is still an, an operational railway kind of running around this stuff and it's, it's it's just some fantastic engineering it's quite an innovative bit of engineering in terms of the way they're launching this um, box tunnels. Right, well it's good it's good uh, go and have a look it's fantastic um so uh oh yes right this is a slightly slight downer um only two bridges up from the fatal derailment last year um on ecn5 on the the line between um fife and aberdeen uh, there's been another there's been a bridge failure there's been an, uh, thankfully no train involved in, in this one but um i mean there's an open investigation on it but my my gut feeling and certainly confirmed by um uh a lot of people who are quite clever with masonry structure it's more than me being a lowly permanent way engineer um is that the so the, the, the parapet and the spandrel have failed and pushed out and collapsed um mostly the, the the parapet there you can see um but actually i should have got my sketchy thing out wait a minute uh let me do this and then do this there we are i've not got my whacking so ella's going to shout at me you can see this is where the this level here is where the so this red line is the top of the top of the sleeper so if you kind of you can see that we're on the outside of a curve so there's a lot of extra ballast and i and, and if you think that on top of that there should be a, sh- a heaped sort of ballast shoulder as well um this is a lot of extra ballast weight here um above what is probably the the parapet height is probably kind of should be down here and actually you've got all this extra or sorry the the level of the deck is obviously down is probably down here you've got all this extra ballast load here pushing outwards uh, my guess is that this the, the, this is this is part of the issue it's not you know it's a contributing factor it might not be the the sole reason it might well be that there's additional you know deck you know, some some issue that's resulted in um, additional separation of the spandrel and the, and the kind of the, the, the core of the, 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 the abutment here but basically it's bad news and we'll find out about it hopefully later, but it's resulted in the railway being closed again. Um, not a particularly healthy bit of railway that as, a, as, a, as infrastructure engineers we have a responsibility. actually I've only ever had one cab ride at speed. Um, and in that very brief experience, t- t- kind of riding southwards in a, in a HST cab and northwards in a Class 91 from York to Donnie and back, um, I very quickly, in fact, we were sat stationary. We hadn't even moved before I realized the trust that drivers put into infrastructure people, whether they're, you know, designers, contractors, installation teams, inspection people, uh, you know, the, the in- examination trains or, or main- maintenance teams, the trust that drivers put in us. Um, is immense. I was st- stood stationary in the in the cab of the HST, and there was a one five eight coming straight at us, straight towards us, and then it dived off through the through a crossover and, and came to the par- the, the passenger, uh, kind of the the platform next to us, and um and it was uh that was that was like ah yes okay so you have to definitely trust and then the next thing we go and we're going through Colton Junction everyone's favourite, um one hundred twenty five miles an hour. Uh, well not quite. Actually, you don't get to that speed in the HST. You you do in the IETs. But anyway, you get into to Colton at at pretty high speeds, and you're going to end up if the signal's in the wrong place. Like if you are going at full tilt, the point at which you see the signal and know you need and see a red signal because something's gone wrong, or you need to stop because there's an issue at the junction, you will not stop by it. Um, And it just so so the point of all this waffle is when multiple things are going wrong on one stretch of railway line i think it's understandable that drivers might start losing some of that trust uh network rail needs to really get on with um having a look at everything that's going on on this bit of railway line because i'm getting the i'm getting unloved vibes from it given it it's it's not like in the southeast where you have lots of failures but they're happening on all sorts of different railways that were built by different people and so on this is one stretch one very short stretch of railway line where things are going wrong and um yeah there needs to be uh, there needs to be some close close attention paid to this stretch of railway please in any case right uh, ah, yes, ethics training for engineers, oh, what's the, sh- so we've got some ads, people ask, no, I, I don't show my face during the news, well, I can if you want, but it's because, because uh, I, I put my face end up in front of the Chiron, wait a minute, Little small face in the corner, I'm waving, I'm, I'm up here, but I'm about to disappear again, cheerio, um, so, uh, yes, so, oh, there's, there's lots of suggestions, electric. okay, yeah, yeah, so, anyway, um, let's see uh what was I on about oh, i was on about ethics training for engineers yes so ethics training for engineers uh well my opinion is that it's abysmal there are a few people who do ethics training saying it's not that's not necessarily true but um all of the replies to, so i did a tweet a little poll and obviously it's not a hugely scientific poll it got about 1300 votes and, and essentially i was asking the question if you were taught engineering of any kind at either college or university which of the following options covers the ethics training you received i deliberately left it open-ended because i wanted to see what people would how people would think of ethics training. So I got lots of different replies underneath. Um so anyway, so we the, the results of that basically ended up it's quite interesting. So we got um uh sixteen percent of people said they had uh, had had good ethics training. Um 25% of people said they'd had some ethics training, but nearly 60% uh, of people, so 59% of people said they'd had zero or basically zero ethics training in their uh, university. Um some people pointed out that students generally don't necessarily remember it when they've gone through it, but frankly, this marries very closely with my experience and the experience of, of civil engineers and, and, and kind of infrastructure engineers that I know. Uh, lots of other engineers got involved, mechanical engineers, software engineers, all sorts. But what was very interesting in the replies, and I'm going to explore this a bit more in the future, what was very interesting in, in the replies was how many people either either knew that I was kind of pointing towards things, so not, not talking about business ethics, which, frankly, is stuff that you can learn in a two-minute, you know, five-minute training course, and indeed have to get rammed of your throat in, in training courses. Not, not business ethics, not even safety ethics, which I do think are done quite well. Um, no, no, I was talking about things like. Um, no, saying no to work that is or, or indeed not going to work for companies that are contributing to climate change so that means things like roads oil and gas the number of engineers that I know good engineers that I know good people that I you know I, I like and, and and trust who went to the oil and gas industry is really disappointing and I think additional ethics training should have should have been happening at university to kind of make people understand the ramifications of the choices they made career-wise but also things like institutional racism the decisions that are made, that you know, road planning and, and transport planning in this country, let alone in the U.S., where it's perhaps more pronounced, but it's still in this country, transport planning continues to be uh, something that entrenches existing uh, kind of uh, racial segregation and uh, and kind of existing uh, prejudices, but also it, it kind of embeds uh, existing sort of uh, uh, kind of people how 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 not well off people are in some of the provinces in this country is is is. Um, impacted by the decisions engineers make today, and the idea—I think there's a lot of an idea that that it's government—it's up to government to make these sorts of decisions, except that government takes a lead from loudmouthed engineers. So it is—it res- is incumbent on engineers to to take responsibility of, of ethics and to take responsibility of the moral fibre of what they're doing, not just in. Blandly, kind of responding to the engineering solution, you cannot separate politics, ethics, and engineering. It's not possible, and so and engineers are not without the preparation to, to tackle some of these challenges. You know, sexism, institutional racism, uh, kind of uh, transport poverty, all these sorts of things. Without the, the, the kind of the, the ethical framework being tr- uh, taught to engineers, they they aren't necessarily all going to going to work that out. Um, anyway, that was quite interesting. I think we'll explore it more in the future um so oh you're at this is getting more relevant so uh good grief we've had 20 minutes of news but i think it's all it's a lot, a lot of news to catch up with at the start of the year lots of stuff's been kicking off um continue to send me news art items in the in the news channel in um in the discord by the way because I, I always pick stuff up in there so the westminster paragraph um the department for transport and uh, her majesty's treasury um have been doing battle with transport for the North. Um, but when I say doing battle, what I mean is stealing operational cash off Transport for the North. They've had their operational budget cut by forty percent. Transport for the North, um, and this is just because the current government is ideologically fundamentally against any kind of devolution. In fact, everything about the current government is about consolidation of power into London. Well, not into London. Sorry, into Westminster. Um, taking you know taking power away from. Uh, the pan-national governments, like the EU, but also taking power away from the devolved governments, whether that's Wales, Scotland, or indeed some of the devolved authorities, like um, you know, um, like those in in the North and the Midlands and the Southwest. So, transport for the North is one of the first obvious transport victims of this. They've had their cash chopped quite substantially, which basically just stops them being allowed to do the good stuff they've been doing so far. Um, I haven't heard anything about Midlands Connect yet. I really hope um midlands connect are escaping this but it might well be that they've got a lesser budget so they um, haven't got as much to cut but transport of the north yeah absolutely unacceptable really really disappointing um, and this plays into what we're going to be talking about today um i'm afraid so what's next oh yeah so basically um the national infrastructure commission is a westminster body it was created by george osborne Oh, we'll get to that in a minute. Anyway, we'll talk about what the National Infrastructure Commission actually is. But the National Infrastructure Commission, um, with its uh, with what it did in this report, for me, it just embodies this this attitude of those in government at the moment that they just need to undermine and and in fact uh, uh, dismantle any of the good devolution stuff that has happened since twenty ten um, and before. So yeah, worrying. In any case, uh, I think. Uh, that that is that, it's, that, it's, that it's, that's that's pretty much that really. Uh, it only that's the news. We've completed the news um there's some chat about engineering colleges phil 26599 in blackpool there have been a new there's been a new engineering college campus in the last few years which surprisingly coincided with quadrilla's previous fracking plans in the area i wonder who paid <laughs> i have no idea i couldn't possibly draw that conclusion uh, cyclic cynic uh says i had some good discussion of social justice and exclusion in my transport planning msc uh but only basic business ethics in my engineering undergrad yeah this is it so planning hopefully is a bit better because maybe it's more obvious but for engineering engineers end up doing planning you know, um, we end up having an influence in government, um, and we need to be prepared to to understand, um, you know, what what the decisions we what what impact the decisions we make have on people. And I don't think we do have that a good, uh, but as a general rule, I don't think engineers do have that. Um, and and if you think about the fact that um, the people who sign off on chartership through you know the Institution of Civil Engineers, Mechanical Engineers, Permanent way Institution, all these sorts of um, professional institutions are generally uh representative of the of the, the demographic of 20 30 years ago which was even more pale male and still than it is now the decision actually the ethical leaders in our industry are, are younger people people younger than me actually not not me people younger than me um not necessarily you know not this is a general rule not specifics but as a general rule ethically it's the young people in our, in our in society that lead us, not the old people. And yet, it's the old people who are drawing the lines on the map, both literally and figuratively when it comes to ethics. So, yeah, it's an interesting topic I think we'll explore. There are some people that um, I'd like to talk to, perhaps to defend engineering ethics, but also maybe to talk about what could be done better. Um, anyway, that's for next time. Anyway, we finished the news. It only really remains for me to kick us off. Uh, 1924, we're doing well so far. Um, it was always going to be a bit... we were going to dwell on the news, because it's interesting to see what's going on. In any case... Um, uh, welcome to tonight's rail Matter. Ah, the lovely InterCity two two five fading out. Oh, let's go back to the National Infrastructure Commission logo. Yeah, so let's talk about the National Infrastructure Commission because uh, it's relevant to understand why this was created, uh, what it's about, and perhaps a little bit um, on maybe why there are some problems with it as an organisation. So the National Infrastructure Commission was created in... um, It was in 2015, I think, wasn't it? And um, so it was created basically it's a part of um well it was created in 2015 and then it was sort of made official as a thing in in um, a couple of years later in 2017 um, and it became oh funny this wait for it it became part of the treasury that's right the national Infra- commission the national infrastructure commission excuse me is part of the treasury it's an executive agency of hmt so we're off to a great start so we have an organization that's supposed to look at what infrastructure uh, what the shape of infrastructure should be in the country and it's based in london and it's controlled entirely by Treasury. What's worse is if we have a look at the National Infrastructure Commission, uh, the, the, the kind of the makeup of this group. And um, so we have a, uh, kind of an interesting it's it's maybe uh, it's not quite in terms of in terms of um, uh, male, female representation. It's not too bad, but um, it's, it's not great in terms of representation. But when you look at where these people are based, uh, where they've come from, where they've grown up and where they're based, it's horrendously London centric. I don't think a single, well, not a single person in the National Infrastructure Commission. So that's the that's the group of people. The eight people there you can see. So John Armit, Andy Green, Bridget Rosewell, uh, David Fisk, Julia Prescott, Neil Coleman, uh, Sadie Morgan, uh, Professor Sadie Morgan, and um, and Tim Tim Besley. Um, these people, Tim Besley, they're looking like um, he looks awfully like uh, what's his what's his, what's his name who plays who who played Prince Philip in the Crown. Oh, anyway, um. When when they do the drama of the National Infrastructure Commission, we know who's getting cast in that role. In any case, the, those eight people are all based in London, very London-centric views, and it's hugely and, and you know I, that wouldn't be a problem if their resulting outcomes and outputs didn't re, didn't very obviously reflect that perspective. Um, in any case, uh, so there's that. They are very much bound to Treasury, um, and the whole point of them is supposedly that they um, make recommendations to government about what infrastructure should look like in the country. And I first ran into them. When did I first run into them? Oh, let's get my face up, by the way. Let's get my face. Hello. I'm up in the corner. Hello, everyone. Um, so, so I first ran into them when. What was it? It was Adonis. It was when Adonis blocked everyone. Uh, Adonis was moaning about rail, road, uh, about rail freight because it blocked his train once. And he decided to uh, do a massive tirade about rail freight and suggest that everything should be moved to road in platoons. Which obviously made me laugh, uh, made a lot of people laugh, but actually it, it represents some of the gadget band stuff that I've talked about recently. These stupid ideas, these dangerous nonsense ideas, propagate into the minds of people who have power, um, and um, Adonis was one of them. At the, t- as the time, he was the chair of the um, the NIC. I then wrote my first piece for Rail, I think, which is about why it was such a doolally idea, and it involved my first yes, yeah, my first piece for Rail, and indeed I was ranting about Musk in that piece. So um, nothing changes. In any case. Uh, that's the National Infrastructure Commission, not to be confused with the um, uh, with the Infrastructure and Projects Authority, which does basically the same thing and is uh, – which bit of government is the IPA part of? Uh, let me have a think. It's part of – it's part of the Cabinet Office and Treasury. So that reports to the Cabinet Office and Treasury. You're seeing a pattern here. Uh, what else? Oh, yeah, we've got the um, – we've also got the new acceleration unit set up by Grant Shapps. Uh, those are based in Westminster, of course. Uh, What else? What other talking shops have we got that are supposed to create a plan and yet do not do so? Oh, loads and loads. In any case, it's it's a repeating pattern of these organisations. I should look more into. Hello, everyone. I'm looking into camera. Sorry. A repeating pattern of organisations set up um, to undermine devolution and to basically do a really bad job of looking at what infrastructure should look like across the country. Yes, I am a skeptic of the NIC. I wasn't before this report. I was still remaining open minded. This report has changed my mind, and we're going to do a page turn to understand why that is. So, um all right yeah here's the video uh so this this is the video which which i'm going to have in the background while we talk about this report the report was released in december and i wrote a piece about it i was pretty angry um because it was just hugely disappointing it was an abandonment of um well we'll get there I th- i'm pretty sure i end this this real matter on my my headline quote as to what my takeaway from the report was in any case um we don't we don't we don't need to see what there's. I think we maybe see Sir John Armit doing some talking in here momentarily, but it's not it's not particularly relevant to be honest. Um, that there is the schemes and blah blah blah. Let's not worry about their propaganda that they put into it. Let's in fact what, uh, look at what the let's start with something that we need to pay attention to when we flip through the PDF, which is looking at their some of their basic maths that they used, the basic maths to determine the value of some of these um, investments in terms of. Particularly in terms of balancing long distance and regional services against each other. You notice I use the word against. Again, this report is just framed completely wrong. Uh, in any case, without further ado, let's let's have a look at it. Let's have a look at it. I'm going to close that tab. I'm going to get your chat all back. Um, right. While you're all here, let's catch up with the questions. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, big face. Oh yeah, my face is here. Hello, everyone. I'm I'm here. Um, yes. Uh, so there we go. Can people, people are, yep, they're lovely. Uh, that's a good point. The The report is, is saying uh, National Infrastructure Commission looking at the, but it's actually just looking at Great Britain. It's not looking at uh, Northern Ireland. Uh, Northern Ireland, I, I always try and make sure I'm accurate with my use of UK and GB. Um, generally, this is looking at GB only. So what, what's everyone drinking, by the way? I've got a cup of tea here in a very fetching little um, Scrabble mug, not bought by me. I think this is a present. Uh, but uh, i think i'd be really i'd be really like not not mentally healthy uh, if i'd bought myself a g mug anyway so uh crabson 10 is saying that the uh, the oldness and whiteness reminds um, reminds them of the the infrastructure lobby group who largely advocate for more freeways in melbourne australia who they live in richer suburbs and want to get to the airport faster yeah pretty much so right without further ado let's have a look at this report so i'm not going to go through it with the in the level of detail i did for the tdns the traction decarbonization network strategy last year because that took hours for starters i'm going to kind of give an idea of the sort of flip through i do when i when uh, kind of how i pick up these reports and what i what i kind of go and have a look at so the first thing i always do is flick right to the back uh right to the end and look at what the appendices have to say, and I, I, under, I immediately get an understanding of right what's the what level of analysis have they included in this report, and is it and, and can I get what I need from the appendices, or am I going to need to? So that's the first thing I do is go to the appendices, and I'm like, okay, they've got maps, and then immediately from the appendices I'm going, what's this plus twenty five and plus fifty percent? So I was like, right, okay, so maybe I'll go and have uh, let's go at the start again then, so. Having looked at this, I look okay. Right, commission. There's a bit of a description about the commission. So page three, they've got there's there's a nice front cover, lovely. The contents page, the, the, the introduction as to what the commission are. Uh, let's see, any any mentioning of uh, uh, let's just get my clicker back on my mouse. Any mention of treasury? Uh, don't, don't not an obvious one. Um, there's a bit of detail about the the commissioners, uh, who they are, the members, they are um, all this all this good stuff. LSE, uh, London we are at London, Imperial College London, Uh, what else, Uh, yep, there we are, Uh, yep, Uh, good grief, London, there we are, lots of London, very much London, 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 so, not uh, not hugely inspirational. Uh, Chief economic Advisor to the Greater London Authority there, good Grief. In any case, that's the commission. Then there's a nice foreword. These are things that are irrelevant. You can skip over them. Then there's a nice infographics page, page 7 has a nice load of infographics. And it's all fairly sensible stuff, you know. It's going, okay, yeah. So th- this is the body of research, the bottom corner here you can see the, the amount of work that went into the report, wasted time. Um then you can look at you immediately see some costs Talking about the cost equivalent estimate equivalents for um, for HS2. So, the original uh, cost estimate uh, equivalent to 44.5 billion now it's up to 88 billion. Uh, yes, that's true. Um, one in three major projects exceeding their cost, limits. it's all this stuff. It's stuff about rail use growing. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Good. Uh, there's a load of stuff about. Um, productivity and the the fact that and there's this discussion about this bizarre immediately they're start they're stumbling and that they've on this infographic they're already pitching regional links and long distance links against each other it's just it's immediately it's like this is not how a rail network works the whole thing is interlinked you want you do work on one it benefits the other um just deeply frustrating and so as, so then it says, a successful integrated rail plan should start with a realistic plan of core investments. Hmm. Add further options subject to success. Nope. Be agreed with local stake. Okay, local stakeholders, right. Contribute to net zero and environmental net gain. Why is that the second last thing? And it, and, and it should also accelerate schemes and deliver benefits in the shorter term. Okay. It, it, forgive me if you don't agree, but in my eyes, an integrated rail plan should look at what the ideal final look of a rail network should be and then understand how quickly and realistically that can be delivered you do not when, when you're designing a bridge you don't go right how much cash do we have right okay how far over the river will that get us no no you go right how are we going to get across the river what's a realistic way to get across the river right okay let's then look at the ways that we can deliver that is it you know is it, what what are the ways that we can maybe streamline some of those costs streamline the delivery of the bridge you don't get halfway over the bridge having spent your cash and go Yep. Job done. Away we go. An integrated rail plan is about understanding what that bridge looks like um, and how quickly it can be delivered. It's not about going how far over the river can we get. This is ju- and this is the whole report embodied by this. Um, yeah. So so Chris McKenna says uh, reckons that this whole thing can be summed up by them not understanding the word network. Yep. Uh, agreed with that um david Shepard, nice of them to put a young yes that's good uh yeah nice of them to put a young black lady token young black lady on the front of the report written by all white people well that's probably unfair because there probably is a larger team of people and arguably a more diverse team of people who've authored it even if they haven't you know been invited onto the commission um yeah uh matt reed does the report mention anything about high speed three yes it does yeah yeah we'll get to that so um yeah, this was, so David has also pointed, this is uh, called the Rail Needs Assessment for the Midlands and the North, which would seem to rule out Wales. Yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, but it is, theoretically, this was, the whole purpose, of the original purpose of this report was to say what infrastructure was needed in addition to High Speed two's eastern leg and Northern Powerhouse Rail connecting from Liverpool across to, through Manchester to Leeds and then splitting towards the northeast and over to Hull. Um, that was supposed to be what this report was. It was not supposed to be a report saying, oh, uh, what can we afford? That's, of course, what it ended up being. So let's go to the next page. Here's the in brief. And immediately you see rail has the potential to contribute to economic transformation in the Midlands and the North. Has the potential. hmm. You can see why immediately my back was up when I was flicking through this report, can't you? Um, But to give it the best chance of doing so, rail investment must be concentrated and at scale Okay, KF yeah, sounds good and form part of a wider economic strategy including skills development and urban transport yeah agreed government should use an adaptive approach and commit to an affordable deliverable fully costed pipeline of core investments to improve rail in midlands in the north mm, okay some of that makes sense but it, I, I'm, I'm confused by the fact that you're immediately going to cost in any case if further funding is available there sh- there could then be options to either enhance these schemes or add further schemes later well again 50-50 on that. I'm not saying that you can you, you don't want to think about realistic delivery. You you cannot frankly the cap on delivery is not it's not money. It's not it's not the, the ability of government to pay for this stuff. It's the ability of people to deliver them. Um you could write a blank check tomorrow and we would not deliver infrastructure much more quickly than we are now uh, with the exception perhaps of electrification where we have a huge latent workforce sat doing nothing waiting for the go to be announced but that's another story. Then everything falls to bits because once you get past that bold, that emboldened first paragraph, um, uh, it's basically you start getting lines to so support government's decision. Commission has developed a menu of options based around three different budget options. So, so rather than going, this is what's needed, and here are different options to, for the speed of delivery. Actually, which is what the TDNS did. It, it said, this is what you need to do. Here's how quickly it can be delivered. No, no, no. Which, which, frankly, is the right way to do it. No, no. What this report has done is gone. Well, we're assuming that you're um you're gonna that everything's gonna stay the same, and here are some minor adjustments to the budget, and therefore what can be additionally delivered. So they've looked at a twenty-five. They've looked at no change, a twenty-five percent increase, and a fifty percent increase in capital budget for uh, transport. Well, for rail. Um, which is just utterly upside down. You don't. This is not how you come up with a plan. You do not come up with a plan by going right. What can we afford based on our limited view of what 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 the what the needs are? So so this is a bad start, right? Right. So that was the in brief. Weirdly, the executive summary has an executive summary. So that was the in brief, and then the executive summary is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. The, the, 11 how many pages was that that's not an executive summary people don't write long executive summaries make them two pages long at max please unless your report is 500 pages this is not a large document for how many pages is this it's 20 30 40 50 60 70 80 90 it's 100 pages around about do not write an 11 page executive summary for a 100 page report come on um, anyway, so I'm, I'm not happy. We're going to skip the, the executive summary and we're going to go into the report because the executive summary is just good grief. It's long and unhelpful. So section one is about background. Oh, people ask, the TDNS is the Traction Decarbonization Network Strategy. I'm probably going to refer to it a lot. Um, so this is uh, this is the background uh, and the government has, uh, this is where basically they're, they're setting the scene. So they're talking about OKRV, which was the HS2 re- review, which said, yep, yeah, build HS2. Um, they're talking about, you know, it said it, said to revise costs to eighty-eight billion, which was quite sensible. Um, the reason why b- the budget of HS2 uh, has increased, by the way, is not because there's any particular change to the project. It's because um, we have a chronic, and it, this is not just for the UK, actually, but we have a chronic because of the fact that the Treasury rules everything. Abolish the Treasury, um, because the Treasury rules everything. We've got into this chronic need as a, an industry to undervalue things, to underprice things so that they manage to get through the stupid system of, of, of business case approval. That's why these budgets go crazy is because we're, we're stripping things out at the early stage to get it through a, a series of stage gates that then get added in when the real when the, so people engineers look at it and go it's probably worth with their experience they go it's probably worth adding in this contingency because the ground condition might be a problem or because x because y then um then the bean counters go well it'll never get approved so what can you strip out it's like, well, okay, begrudgingly, you can probably realistically strip this, that, and the other out. Then, of course, when it comes to detailed design, the, the detail, the surveys come back and they go, ah, yeah, yeah, you need the ground remediation, you need to do the additional demolitions, you need extra, you need, you need, you need x, you need y, you need all this extra stuff uh, to make the railway actually exist. And then the budget climbs back to a kind of, and ultimately, this is all because of the the fact that cap, there's a obsession with capital cost being important, which it isn't. In any case, uh, you've all heard that rant from me. Um, so. Back to, the, back to the blinking report. So background to this, there's the thing. Then there's an interim report, which kind of the commission published um, in July of 2020, which I didn't look at because I was waiting for the big the big bad final piece. Bad it ended up being. Um, uh, so so they put a box in here, which is kind of covering the interim report questions. I don't really care about this. So let's just flick through it. Some stuff about stakeholder engagement, whatever. Um, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah, call for evidence. Yeah, standard. All that standard stuff. Uh, social research, views, perception of rail people. Uh, so let's go into section two. Rail and economic outcomes in the Midlands and the North. So there's a, a section defining what the Midlands and the North are. Um, here we are. It's a nice picture here showing the Northeast, Northwest, Yorkshire and the Humber, East Midlands, West Midlands. That's not the devolution map I would draw, but whatever. Uh, so, there we go. So, these are the different regions. To be fair, those are right. I think that those broadly cover, when people say the Northeast, that's probably about where they draw the lines. Likewise, Yorkshire, likewise, East Midlands and West Midlands. Anyway, so there's a nice picture showing uh, what those are. Um, then there's some stuff about railway usage and showing kind of, uh, you know, some, some key f- features of who uses the railway system. Um, uh, yes, this is percentages of, of total population. Yeah, some interesting stuff about ethnicity of, of, of rail usage, um, about how many people use railways. Generally, sort of, um, yeah, there's a bias towards, towards yeah, there's a percentage of the total population. There's a, bi- a slight female bias, uh, slight male bias when you look at percentage of total trips. Anyway, so there's some stuff here. It's sort of fairly meaningless out of context, to be honest. Some stuff about general, general general data, stuff about age, ethnicity, disability. Um, you know, the numbers for disabled users is is pretty shocking, actually. Um, but that's again another story. Um, yeah. So, uh, so some some other. In- so what else? So we've got some other data. There's stuff about. Um, about rail journeys population it's all you know it's probably some interesting stuff in here and um, the public see room for improvement in rail but are doubtful that it can or will be delivered yeah i wonder why that is commission i wonder why that is uh so this is kind of summarizing a lot of the outputs of the of the of the desk research and then some of the sort of surveys they did as well skill levels earning potential whatever all this stuff this is all the stuff that should create the shape of the network not decide on what then gets delivered so benefits of rail investment depending on certain assumptions um there so that okay so these are the key assumptions they make the first the economy will remain focused on cities uh well that's kind of an inevitability you know but the, the economy is always going to focus where larger numbers of people are so that's a fair assumption almost doesn't need writing down but whatever other technologies will not replace rail yes um technologies usually go out of use because they're replaced by something better government would need to consider that rail will not be replaced either because digital connectivity replaces face-to-face communications or because alternative te- transport technologies offer a cheaper more convenient way to move into and between dense city centres. It's a good assumption to make. See also everything else I ever say. Uh, what's the next one? Complementary policies in the North and Midlands work. Yeah, fair enough. The economy does not stagnate. That's an interesting assumption, given what's just happened. Um, also, it's a bit of a weird one because, yeah, the kind of irrelevant. The, the rail system needs to exist to facilitate... People don't suddenly disappear. This is another fundamentally broken thing about our country, is that you have um the idea of oh, the economy there's still the same number of people in the country ideally with this with a decent spread of jobs between them um so you're still going to need to move them around in a, a sustainable way it doesn't matter whether the economy's up or down you still need to move them around again fundamental uh divergence in attitude i think there at uh, the working age population does not fall um that's an interesting one because we've all got older and so um yeah, so the last 20 years have seen large increases in the UK's working age population, but that's primarily due to, due to immigration, actually, rather than new people being born. But um, as we've seen in recent data, that this assumption has, has already collapsed because we have uh, – there's been a huge drop in, in the – pop. in fact, a million people have left the country, essentially, and the majority of those are working age people who've gone back to the EU. So uh, not great. Not great. COVID's accelerated that by the fact that you've, um, COVID has caused people to lose jobs that they then, that, that the hostile environment has then meant that pe- those people can't stay here anymore, particularly hosp- hospitality jobs, actually. In any case, uh, so that's a that's a that's an assumption that has, that, that's not uh, held well. So great work so far. So how far, it's 1944, we've got a quarter of an hour. Where are we? Core pipeline and an adaptive approach. Again, I would I would say fair enough. Uh, the idea of having a pipeline at work um, and then, kind of being flexible about uh, based on on how many people are working on it. That doesn't seem too crazy to me, but it requires an actual physical plan. Uh, and so, so here we go. So the this is this is the wording of the report. The integrated rail plan is an opportunity for government to bring clarity, stability, and pragmatism to future rail planning. Yep. Okay. Agreed fully on that. The next sentence. But that doesn't mean committing to every major project. What? Projects shouldn't come into existence if they don't merit if they don't have a purpose. We shouldn't be proposing silly projects. There should be a a, a strategy, and then we should pull out projects that need to, that that, are, that meet that strategy. The idea that we don't and commit what what a completely uh, contradictory set of sentences: stability and pragmatism, or stability. You cannot on one on the one hand call for stability and then on the other hand call for the cancellation of projects that have been in the works for over a decade just absolutely bonkers um the plan should not over compromise is the next section uh oh sorry over compromise over promise plan should not over promise again this is about the financial element of looking at the costs and all cost 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 all about costs when as we know borrowing is it's cheaper than free right now anyway so, there's a load of, so it's just costs, costs, costs. Page is worth talking about costs. And here we are talking about costs of major rail projects. So, it's, this is coming back to what I talked about in terms of overspend. So, you can see here, um, uh, the grey stuff is at or below. So, these are the three different bars here talking about um, strategic outline, outline, and full costs. Uh, Outturn costs of major rail projects compared to their cost estimates at different business stages. So, the, the full business case cost compare basically doesn't make much difference in all of them um they're between one to 20 mostly either uh, at below or bet- within 25 percent of the of the final cost so six around about sixty percent of projects fall into that category but then that means there are forty percent that overspend by 25 percent or more um and indeed so where are we so we've got um around about six percent of or sorry, in terms of 50 50 to 100%, in terms of budget, things that break their budget by double, uh, it's about 10% at outline and then about 6% at full, uh, which to me doesn't sound that bad, to be honest. Sometimes we get things drastically wrong on projects. But it's interesting to look at, it'd be, it'd be more interesting, again, the data is a bit misleading, it'd be interesting to look at these in terms of uh, total capital. So if that's lots of small projects stacking it and costing 100% more then maybe that's not actually that big a deal if it's lots of major capital projects costing double then maybe that is something we need to investigate but anyway so again some some figures that i have to say statistically are a bit misleading um so this this is the point is they're talking about overruns whatever plan should maximize benefits that rail can deliver well obviously you're not going to set out a rail plan that minimizes the benefits that rail can deliver it's kind of a moot point um uh, there we go. So, um, plans from part of a wider economic strategy. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, an adaptive approach. Well, uh, even with a well-costed plan that concentrates investment and forms part of a wider economic strategy of complementary policies, there will still be inevitable uncertainty. Yeah. Costs may still increase due to unforeseen factors. Yeah. Other projects may overrun and delay construction. Yeah. Um, location or size so basically this section is something that i agree with absolutely if you have a plan you can then kind of flex a bit so long as you're aiming to the actually having a proper rigid idea of what the network should look like allows you to be more adaptive because ultimately you can t- say to the supply chain okay we're going to deliver a little bit less just now but we'll deliver a bit more later and you can engage the supply chain to make sure that they're responding responding to that um it's impossible to be adaptive if you don't have a, a, an overall vision which obviously this does not set out at all. I haven't even talked about the fact that why are they providing options when this was supposed to say what the right solution was? Oh, man, just utterly dismal. Completely dismal. Uh, right, we're in section four, developing the packages of rail investments. Let's let's continue. So this is, again, they're talking about these packages of baseline 25 and 50% higher than baseline. Uh, uh, so what is it? Rail routes where there were choices on rail schemes. This It's kind of, it's not hugely interesting. It's sort of standard stuff. They're talking about strategic rail routes: Birmingham Manchester Leeds, Manchester East Midlands to so West Midlands East Midlands Yorkshire Liverpool Manchester Sheffield Leeds, Sheffield Manchester and Leeds Newcastle. It's, yeah, sensible uh, costs and evidence budgets. It's not hugely so. What's this? So this gives an idea of what the base, what the budget, what the budgets are between now and forty-five, uh, two thousand forty-five, two thousand forty-five, twenty forty-five. Um, this is heli- this is funny because of how. Um, of what the you know this is just if, if we deliver if we don't step up the budget for sustainable transport in any way by by 2045 we are screwed so the idea that a report can be penned that suggests staying within a baseline budget of 86 billion so to give you an idea of how much that is a year that is um that's three and a half that's less that's just over three billion pounds a year until 2045, three billion pounds a year spread across how many people in the, in the North and the Midlands? Just pennies. It's embarrassingly tiny. It's just, it's, it's just, yeah. So then, and then they're only talking about upping that to 129 billion, which is uh, no, 25, which is 5 billion uh, a year. It's just, this is not enough. Um, this is just simply not enough um, to, 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 to even get close to delivering the shift of people away from road that we need to get on top of our our, our greenhouse gas emissions anyway so this is there, there we are so there yeah, packages of real investments so this is immediately they've looked at these packages and they've how on earth they've decided that this is their that this is the framing of the report they've, they've these five different packages that they've they've talked about um, they've talked about just a focusing on upgrades package so they they're they're setting packages against each other. Why are they doing this? Why are they not deciding what the overall thing should look like and then pulling back from that? The starting point for this report should have been what is the ideal shape of the network? And then you cut it up into how quickly can it be delivered or can we can we downgrade certain parts of it? But ultimately there should have been the the point of this report should have been what does the network look like in an ideal state and then how can we achieve that? So they've talked about, and then again they're splitting either upgrades, prioritizing, prioritizing regional links or prioritizing long distance links, as if these things are in competition with each other. Just absolutely do Lally. So obviously the, the long distance links are high speed two phase two B, which is up to Manchester and Leeds, um, and the uh, and sorry the um, the connection across the high speed connections across the um, the between Manchester and Leeds. In fact, they're not even looking at Liverpool. The 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 this report doesn't even consider segregation to liverpool so a new route to liverpool from manchester it doesn't even consider it. it doesn't even enter into its vocabulary which is indicative to me of what of the fact that treasury want to downplay the chance of that ever getting talked about so already there's a total abandonment of that of that necessity so in the plus 50% budget which is there which is the, the nic's top level uh, sort of proposals they are not including a segregated line between manchester and liverpool they're just talking about upgrades abysmal absolutely abysmal zero vision so so we've got a load of costs to the packages um uh, they've looked at costs of packages whilst excluding projects that are already in the process of being designed which is they're talking about stability and again they're talking about cancelling things just this report is 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 nuts it is nuts um wild should i say i need to stop using pejorative language like that shouldn't i it's uh, not good for people with mental health I start using wild this report is wild <laughs> um anyway also they're kind of talking about digital signaling and electrification as, as sort of add-ons rather than just being fundamental parts of continue to operate our railway network it's just do lally stuff so let's keep cruising through here so uh, what have we got uh, talking about there has taken varying approaches to- so there's a box out here hs2 across the packages they've taken varying approaches to hs2 no 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 hs2 is happening assume that it's all happening and then you develop the, the plan but no no this is basically saying they're considering cancellation of the eastern leg of hs2 that's that's up to leads that's that's the whole thing so let's keep looking at this go to the right let's look at areas for further work and this is one of the fundamental issues um in fact let's just, just press escape on this because i'm just going to do a quick thing areas for further work let's do a Control f and um uh and let's look at released capacity there we are. So that's uh, areas for further work. So that's why I've searched this page. Proposed service specifications. There, uh, how best to use release capacity? That's um, there we are. So that's proposed service specifications. There is also significant ongoing work on how to best use release capacity. That's uh, that's one mention, and then all the rest are just in the references. So there is one mention of released capacity. What about uh, so so that's it's really not. Release, let's try to be a uh, capacity. Uh, that's it. There's no mention of that. What other iterations are there? Uh, rele- released. Let's just look at released. Yeah, um, that's it. Oh, yeah, there we go. So there's one other release, which is the sensitivity analysis about um, the sent- how much capacity release happens on on new them, li- on, on, um, uh, released by new lines being built. So you can see basically there's very little description of this. Uh, very very little there's a, there's a very brief mention of freight as well we'll get to that momentarily in any case i just wanted to um, just to highlight how um, how little you know how poorly this has been considered um yes so uh yeah everyone's uh, everyone's adding. people are saying am i going to write my own report at any point i i don't have to i i'd love to and i my my, my hope is that it, there will be an idea of what the rail network should look like by sometime next year this year my hope is that permanent rail engineering will provide some tools to start enabling the process of, 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 a, of a data-driven approach. Not a not a people collecting in a room and deciding what it should look like, but a, an entirely data-driven approach to what our rail network should look like. Um, and I'm hoping more clever people will – anyone in the Discord might have noted some channels have appeared at the bottom of the Discord for permanent rail engineering. That's because I'm, I'm starting this kind of this work. Probably this year, it's unrealistic for us to come up with what the network should look like this year. we're just going to get the data sets lined up and maybe talking to each other this year. Next year, we we'll maybe look at what the network looks like. But, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. My hope is always to do more, but frankly, I have a nine-to-five-day job, and I don't have time to, 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 to really do anything particularly quickly, at least. In any case... Um, let's uh yeah, people are wanting to burn the report you can't it's in digital form only so you'd have to burn your computer which i wouldn't recommend it's very expensive and not very good for the environment anyway so that's so so here we are areas for further work um yeah also this this idea decarbonization of the railway F- significant further work will be needed to finalize the right set of investments to decarbonize the railway i don't think that's true i think if they've they've created all the maps saying exactly what needs to happen where and that's just a euphemism for we're not paying attention to that report at this point uh, the, don't forget the tdns was supposed to be released in full at the end of last year and it hasn't it's gone away and i and there's a reason why network rail didn't advertise the tdns the interim tdns very widely treasury will hate it they will hate it and that's why um it hasn't appeared anywhere that's why this new version hasn't appeared has anyone seen it no no uh, ella yeah definitely i'm gonna I'll, I'll hit you up about coding stuff for that we'll, we'll 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 chat about it on the discord everyone once once some momentum builds up behind it um in any case, so let's continue hammering through. What was it? 1958, uh-oh, we've already nearly smashed the hour. There's a lot of stuff about integration, sequencing. These are all the things where they're saying further work needs to be done. Maximizing development opportunities, uh, 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 sequencing. Ugh. So there's a box about performance reliability. The comparison of packages, to be honest, this is what I'm going to whiz through because it's all about value for money. So they talk about the sensitivity analysis, um, so, talk- so that, that relates a little bit to... Um, uh to release capacity um but by and large this whole section is just so yeah they looked at disruption but it, it kind of undermines itself by its a productivity and blah 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 and blah 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 uh, they talked a little bit about freight adaptive that's just lots of waffle further insights from the commission's analysis connected to scotland well whatever connected to the rest of the world um uh, so that's looking at airports in fact uh looking at the hub um da, 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 da. lots of support for the hub. There we go. That's in the East Midlands hub. Uh, sorry, in uh, for the Sorry for audio people. I don't know how well this holds up in terms of audio form. It's just basically me getting repeating the same thing angrily on every single page, isn't it, really? Uh, stuff about station design, whatever. It's not, not really relevant. Why they put a load of stuff about design principles for stations when they're not talking about what the rail network actually should look like. It's just doolally imbalance in the attention being paid. Easy stuff that they can just put weaselly, waffly words in. Great. In terms of an actual plan, nothing um long-term commitments and short-term wins right okay so building consensus local engagement rail yeah this is all fine decarbonizing rail yeah 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 this is all stuff that it's fine it's just waffle words fine um you know they, they've proposed a couple of simple things that exist now but again there's no strategy they've just gone they've just gone through the list of projects they've been committed to and said yeah you can afford that probably you can afford that yeah yeah yeah." rather than actually looking at the wider vision deeply frustrating and uh so that, that's annex so we're into annex a. Expe- wait a minute, we're not into the end already, are we? Oh yeah, we are, that's it. That's the end of the body of the report. That's that's literally the end. So, wait a minute, I'm going to just pull myself something up quickly so I can just check uh, what I need to search. Um, where are we? So, yes. Yeah, so through the whole thing... Uh, the sensitivity. Of, uh, so the, so the, there's, there's like a load of extra data that goes in behind. There. Let's let's go through here. So let's find the um, the assumption about where is it? Uh, I'm looking for five point seven. Uh, where is it? Uh, is it even in here? Maybe it's in the de- the data rub and in the actual report. Let me just do the old control F. Uh, table uh, five point seven. There is no table 5.7 so so the report so it's not even in this report actually it's probably presumably in one of the kind of um kind of the the report backing it up is the fact that they let's see if i can find assumption uh 141 is that actually mentioned it's not okay so this is where this is where i put this slide up actually that i've that um, i'm gonna bring back up actually this slide, I'll I'll get the maps up there at the end of the dependencies in a minute. This this slide, so this is the sensitivity test referring to commuter capacity. And this is the this is what breaks the whole thing. Ignoring all the stupid setting up of, of competing long distance and regional against each other. But the the fundamental issue here is this assumption here. That one new long distance space equals one new space of commuting capacity. This is a so so forget all my you know, ideological and political reasons for with this report. This is a fundamentally incorrect assumption. Network, uh, sorry, HS2's own analysis, which is deeply conservative, has put it between two and three commuting seats per one seat of long-distance capacity. So this is, that's a factor of two or 300% of an underestimate of, you know, basically they're underestimating, but they're, they're kind of putting forwards Kind of between thirty and fifty percent of what the total potential for release capacity can be, which breaks the report. It just breaks the report. So um, let's have a look at what these the different packages actually uh, deliver. So this is their first. So there are five different um, bundles of packages. The first is this focusing on upgrades. So um, on here, so so the pink lines here are are the the upgrades. The the orange lines are the new routes, the new lines. Um, so basically, their their baseline is pretty much what I expected the Treasury to want, which is finish HS two up to Manchester, and that's it. Everything else is just online upgrades. Um, there's a section talking about major minor upgrades, major upgrades, and 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 sort of so that they're talking about up, major upgrades to the East Coast Main Line. Uh, well, we've all seen how that goes. Um, the other thing is that all these major upgrades are much easier to just cancel without people making a big song and dance about it as well. So that's 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 kind of... And this. let's face it, ignore what the report says. We know that this will not achieve nearly what we need it to. If you only build HS2 to Manchester, you don't build it up to Leeds, you're essentially just building a bypass for the West Coast Mainline. You're not getting relief on the Midland Line or the East Coast Mainline. You're not getting relief for the the cross-country route. That means that you're not relieving it basically means that you're continuing to have utterly saturated West Yorkshire uh, kind of conurbations, uh, South Yorkshire continues to be utterly saturated, all of the East Midlands continues to be completely saturated, just absolutely dismal. All right, so that's rubbish. So then let's go to the next one, um, which is the packages, the two packages prioritizing what they've called regional links. Uh, again, so, so they've said this This includes a, a new-ish line and then major upgrades between Liverpool and Leeds. Um, what that means, actually, is to Liverpool it's just upgrades. Um, so really they're talking about a few bypasses here and there. They're talking about some upgrades into Nottingham, but nothing around. They're talking about a new line then. Rather than going into Tottenham that's planned, they're talking about a new line that goes from Birmingham to East Midlands Parkway, which is widely acknowledged as being a very useless railway station. Um that they are that's that's what they proposed and then they just propose vague upgrades and when they say upgrades they just mean ele- they're saying electrification as if that's the solve all electrification is not the solve all it's a necessity for us to run a modern railway it does not solve all of our problems um yeah this is it over 9 points out hey let's click ba- let's clickbait everyone about fixing the network but scream about scrapping hs2 phase 2b instead yeah absolutely um uh, Matt Reed asks if the government will act on this report. Well, let's—I tell you what—let's let's flick through the next options. So that's the plus 25%, the plus 50% option um, is delivering a bit more of Northern Powerhouse rail um, over to Leeds with a bit of new line connecting up to kind of where, where is that connecting up to? It's just providing some additional uh, segregation into Leeds uh, via Bradford, but it's um, not actually again HS2. Basically, it's again it's dropping the eastern leg of HS2. So that's prioritising regional links. It isn't prioritising regional links. What it is is do, is showing the ignorance of the people who put this report together in how the railway network works. Let's. Um, so then the next one is um, the next one is the two long distance link prioritisation packages. Again, this one is even more ridiculous. So their their plus twenty five percent scenario drops NPR entirely. Uh, but does deliver um, HS2 up to Leeds and York. And then again, their their, their long distance plus 50% uh, drops the Liverpool, uh, entirely drops the Liverpool, the new Liverpool connection, has a largely online with a bit of new route connects between Leeds and Manchester um, and, and retains HS2. So essentially what they've done, this report has done exactly what they wanted it to do, which is pitch HS2 East against everything else, which is... Unbelievably divisive and cynical, um, but this also is exclude. But this basically the, the idea of this is that then you don't do a load of other stuff as well. It's just it's just cr- so even this this is the, the, the if you like the, the the highest budget version, and this excludes Liverpool. It does not provide NPR in full. The whole point of this is is to divide very divisively get Midlands Connect and Transport for the North competing with each other for cash. It's always what this was going to be about. Deeply frustrating. So. And then after that, there's just a lot of acknowledgements. They're very grateful for some people about creating the document. Anyone in here who I need to... Um, thankfully, Arcadius's name isn't there. That's good, because I've got very... Or is it? No, it's not. I got away with it. Um, They're not shouting at me. That's that's positive. Uh, because I've been uh, probably fairly scathing about this report. It's not worth the um, pixels that it's appearing on. Oh, let's come back to here. So let's come back. In fact, you know what? Let's get my face up. Let's get big face up. Hello, everyone. I'm very red and angry. <sighs> So there's some questions. Let's answer some questions. It's twenty oh seven. I'm sorry it's running late, but I hope we'll finish soon. So Matt Reed, to answer your question about whether government will act on this report. Uh, they it's it's now in their uh, it's now in their gift to come up with some form of they're gonna come up with some sort of response to this. They responded kind of fairly um, boyishly, shall we say, to the um, uh to when they were quizzed on whether on, on whether this was going to get this is the, the outcome uh really and they said no no we've we've committed to hs2 they use weasel words that they can kind of run back on but anyway this government lies barefacedly so it's not their word isn't worth paying any attention to um in terms of what i think will happen who knows uh we need to shout as well i, I, I was on a on a really good podcast earlier that i um will um but I'll send links out to them. It might come out. Um, it's uh, RTM, so Rail, um, Rail Technology Magazine with um, with Elsa actually. Elsa Karen um, had a nice uh, chat with her, a little half hour chat, and, and it was talking about the future and talking about what the problems the railway has, and then the opportunities we have for fixing them. And um, yeah, as it happens, there are we, we, you know, 2020 showed us that we can see um, that big change can happen, and if enough people lobby and shout and scream at government with a unified voice. Ideally, with a famous and handsome uh, Premiership footballer at the head of the charge, the change can happen. So we need to get the railway industry needs to get its own Marcus Rashford. And we need to be shouting with one voice, and all the opposition parties need to be shouting with one, with that in that same voice. And transport for the North Midlands Connect and the regional authorities, you know, Andy Street. We need to get Andy Street involved, even though he is theoretically can't really fight government too hard. Get him in, get him on side, and shout about the importance. Shout with one voice about what the rail network needs to be. And and frankly, the the the, the last thing I'd say is that industry needs to abandon any hope that government is going to tell it what to do. Industry needs to take the charge. Industry, the rail industry needs to basically make the assumption that government is totally useless and the rail industry needs to come up with a plan. The rail industry needs to collaborate and come up with a plan and put that to government, an alternative plan to this. If the rail industry doesn't pick it up and, and run with it, if the rail industry relies on government to do this, we're never going to get anywhere. It's it's time we face up to the fact that government is useless at this stuff and refuses to form any form of transport plan, frankly, of any colour. I, I said in, in, the, in the interview earlier that um, this is not unique to the Conservative Party. Yes, that we have a particularly callous and obnoxious government at the moment. But in terms of transport, New Labour were useless on transport. Successive governments before that were useless on transport. Um, this is a, a cross-party problem um, that all of them are absolutely hopeless when it comes to transport. The Green Party of England and Wales are useless on transport. I just submitted a piece saying that the Scottish Greens maybe aren't. And we should all be paying attention to their report that they published. Oh, yeah, I was going to look at, talk about that this time, wasn't I? maybe one for the future. In any case, um, one voice, we all have to speak with one voice against government on this one. That's what we have to do. Anyway, where was I? Let's get my small face back um, and go to, that's a big black screen. Let's uh, go to here. So my summary of this report is is as as such, and you can read my full written summary of the report um, on Medium. Go and have a look at that. But um, basically, my conclusion was was that this is a dispiritingly pitiful abandonment of the East Midlands, Merseyside, Yorkshire, and the North East. That's what I think of the report. It's crap, absolute crap. Uh, so anyway, yeah, nice cheery, nice cheery one. Uh, and the only real conclusion that ultimately we will not get anywhere in this country until we abolish the Treasury. I'm not being like jokey about this no, no. i literally mean we just like the home office which needs to be disintegrated the treasury cannot exist by 2050 if the treasury continues to exist by 2050 we'll we'll all have had to learn to swim uh, live on splavs and generally uh, generally enjoy the enjoy a choppy sea and some some reasonably warm weather um but with most people having drowned we, we, we have to abolish the treasure. There's no way that we're going to, like, there is no way that we're going to grip and squeeze from their cold hands the um, ability, without them being cold dead hands, frankly, the ability to actually um, give power to the regions for them to, to invest in the infrastructure that we need. It's just, short, nothing, nothing short of, um, you know, anything short of, of this will not get us where we need to be. So this is the ultimate. We have to absolutely get rid of the treasury. But in the meantime, we need to um, we need to be you know short of that. The industry needs to start running running and shouting with one voice. We really do. We really really do. Oh, so oh my goodness. Uh, people are saying what would I put in its place? Uh, nothing. I would. Uh, turn it into some a small sort of non-governmental department that does sort of the admin but i'd spread the i'd spread the 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 powers that treasury has should be spread amongst the other, the other departments uh maybe that's another maybe, maybe there's going to be an Abolish the treasury episode but in the meantime let's talk about uh let's talk about nothing because we're ending the episode because i'm out of breath and it's 2012 uh it is 12 minutes past 8 oh, everyone thanks for that uh <laughs> that was a bit ranty was that useful in the chat? Was that actually relevant or useful um, uh, in in uh, to go through that report? I, I kind of didn't dwell on it in the detail I did with the TDNS, but I, I kind of wanted to give an, a feel of what I do when I, I pick up a report like that. Um, I'm moving my hands, but you can't actually see me. Anyway, right. This is available in all good podcasting formats. Uh, go listen. I hope the audio was okay. Apologies if this was a bit rubbish for the audio-only people, but um, we're thinking of you in any case. What else? Ah, um, oh, Patreon. Yeah, Patreon. I, I'm very grateful for everyone who supports me on Patreon. You're all brilliant, and, and honestly, you um you allow me to justify the time that goes in. If if it doesn't, it's not necessarily going to translate into me spending every penny of Patreon money on new kit. Um, it's more that the Patreon money uh sort of goes somewhat to justify the time that I spend on this um on on Rail you know, it's st- I'm going to continue to keep it weekly if I can. Um, uh, yeah, I'm going to try and shorten them up a bit, maybe possibly, so that I don't you know, so that they're uh, a bit easier for you to digest but also you know less editing but um anyway so th- that's patreon uh, and you continue to get asked more inane questions by me uh, get, uh patreon people get to get involved in some of the planning for what these look like and, and some of the other stuff as well not just rail natter and um, the discord gareth slash discord uh all oh, oh, many many good things happen on there it's uh it's a lovely place to be actually lots of discussion and, and and plans and all sorts um and then paypal yeah i always say the bit about paypal i'm not even gonna dwell on it so Oh, Branchline Banter! So I was on. I am on today's released episode of Branchline Banter, um, with uh, Ella and Johnny. Uh, Ella's certainly in the chat. Hello, Ella. Um, yeah, have a listen to that. It's so a it's a nice hourly uh, hourly hour long um uh, nice listen. It's got sound effects. It's kind of it's quite a nice little overview. So it's it's that's very pleasant listening. I'd uh, I'd recommend it heartily. But, uh, but me and a bunch of other people are on it this this time round. Um talking about what what good things happened in 2020. And you have to see what my good 2020 thing was uh, from thin pickings by by having a listen. Um oh yes. Uh so everyone watched him Tuesday at 8. Uh again, next episode Tuesday at 8 p.m. Um, we're not onto the one where this particular bridge is uh, yet. I thought it just, you know, I'm just basically teasing this bridge, it, pictures of this bridge repetitively over and over again. Uh, you know, what can I say? Uh, it's good fun. Uh, yes. What else? Uh, next week. Next week. Oh, I still haven't caught my breath back yet. Um. Uh, some of the Patreon money went to the Sainsbury's mince Pies, uh, quite possibly, yeah, yeah. Um. Neither of those trains are branch line trains suggests Robing Adocrat. Um yes, uh don't that's that's don't, don't don't shout at me about that. That's uh they probably did end up on branch lines eventually. Maybe absolutely too high. Anyway, we digress. Episode 46 of Rail Matter is next week. And we're going to talk about given that, that this the whole thing Rail Matter started with um uh you know, started because of the Rona uh, it feels sensible to have a discussion about it. I'm not going to do any slides for this. Maybe, maybe two or three prompt question slides. This is going to be entirely q and A, Q&A with everyone in the chat asking me what I think about coronavirus-based things relating to railways. So line up your questions, everyone. Um, that should be. I'll, I'll. Yeah, that that should be an interesting one. We'll we'll put up the graph. We'll talk maybe about what happened when and some of the influences on the on the trends. Maybe what will happen in the future. Bring your evidence. Bring your questions. Bring your your theories. Uh, bring your ideas. But most of all, um, come and join and, and get part of that discussion. It should be interesting. Uh, we're not necessarily going to solve any problems, but we'll have that have that chat. And whether we come out at the end comforted or or distraught, uh, well, that's that's for us to to work out. But um, in the meantime, uh, that should be good. Episode forty six of uh, of of rail matter uh, Look forward to it. Let's bring my face back. I can only apologise. Hello, everyone. So. Um, Oh, thanks for that. Uh, we're twenty minutes late. That was an hour and seventeen minute. What? It? Yeah, an hour and seventeen minutes worth of um of rail matter. I'm sorry, it did end up running on. I always optimistically hope that it won't, but it, but it but it does. Um, the report you can download the report yourselves. It's available on the just search um, National Infrastructure Commission Rail Needs Report, and you'll get the link to download it. Um, what else? That's it, really. Watch Tim. Uh, and I'll watch Tim on Tuesday night and um, and on Wednesday night I'll, I'll see you next week uh, yeah thanks everyone in the chat you've been lovely uh, <laughs> cheerio everyone cheerio